0: This podcast will focus a ton on creating fulfilling relationships with money, friends, and soulmates, and inspire you to have fun so you can live the most extraordinary life you've ever imagined. If you're ready to take to the next step, then you've come to the right place. Thanks again for joining me. Now let's begin. Welcome back for another episode of the Makeover Your Mindset podcast. I am Cassie McKenzie and I am so excited today. I have a, such a special treat. You guys are going to absolutely love this. I've been so excited about this, even more excited than moving across to the beach. So there we have it. Uh, because today we have a super special guest and she is going to kick your fears ass. And okay, let's see. I had to, like, hit my little computer because it's making noises still at me. So anyway, um, we have Amanda King today on um, on the podcast episode. And Amanda King is a women's empowerment and business coach who teaches women to step out of their fear and into six-figure sales. She teaches women how to grow their business organically without the use of sales funnels, websites, and email marketing. Oh, doesn't that kick ass already? I love it. (laughs) because I do not like any of those three things personally, myself, and also she began her coaching business just recently in January of 2019 and created a six-figure business in just three months. So she now helps teach other women to do the same. I will put all of the social media links in the show notes so that you guys can follow Amanda and her fiercest fuck tribe. You are in for a treat today, and I just can't wait to get started. Welcome so, gosh, Amanda, I am, like, honestly, like, giddy about getting to tell people who I was telling, I was talking to my husband yesterday because, like, my cousin was watching our kids after we, like, unloaded this truck. We've moved, like, 13 times in the last, I feel like, 10 years. So oh I'm trying it every single different way. Like, we've hired movers or not or what. So yesterday we were like, okay, we're going to do this, you know. And my cousin took our kids. So, of course, afterwards, we didn't go straight to get the kids. We went to have a couple beers. And I was like, I'm so excited. Tomorrow I get to talk to Amanda. And I get to talk to her while, while, you know, like, she's just starting out before. It's totally blown. I'm like, this is great. I'm on the ground floor. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) I literally said that. And so, um, because, I, you know, I've been following you for, I guess, you know, a short time. It seems like. I mean, you've got so much content out there and so much to help. And like, I feel like a stalker sometimes because like once, once I like saw one or two of your lives, they're just like, so magnetic. Like you just have to keep watching. I'm like, no, I want more. It's like Netflix, but better because it's personal development for people who want better lives. Right. That's amazing. (laughs) So yeah, and you can quote me. And, uh, so, um, you know, and I love all your like monthly, I'm really excited actually for today since it's the first day of the month and you know, you can tell the listeners, of course, like what you do every month to celebrate your success because I personally am a huge advocate of success, of of course success, <laughs> but celebrating it too. Like there's always a champagne, I actually did a podcast episode about keeping a bottle of champagne in your fridge at all times so that you could always have, you know, inspiration for you know celebrating but can you tell everyone a little bit about like you know your background how you got started like where you are today because I know like it's much different than it was a year ago right so what (laughs) what made that switch right um it's
1: kind of funny and I always tell people that when I talk about like my background like I was aware of many hats (laughs) like so I originally started um graduated college, I kind of bounced around, and then I decided I want to be a pastry chef. So I became a corporate pastry chef in the, in corporate America. And like every story that ends with a corporate job, you get burnt out, you get done, you get tired, and you're just like, enough. can't do it anymore. I can't do it. And so I ended up leaving. And then I ended up starting my own brick and mortar dog care business. So it was like the complete fucking opposite side of just life. Like I started dog walking and with WAG, the app, and I was like, hey, listen, I can do this on my own, make 100% of the profit. And so I ended up building this huge following who ended up following me to my own business, built a brick and mortar business. It was going amazing. And then shit hit the fan. And we basically had to shut it down. No. Running it out of my house. we ended up finding out that we were not allowed to run it out of the house.
0: Oh. Yeah.
1: So we ended up finding it was like against like Fairfax County code or whatever. So we had to shut it down. So I went from like almost, it was pretty much a six figure business. It was on its way to a six figure business. And so I was making about between eight and 10K months and down to like barely making four grand a month.
0: Oh no. Yeah,
1: it was was fucking terrible. And so during this time I was like, I got to make some extra money and I got to do it quickly. And I had also gained a bunch of weight at the time. So I was like, oh, this network marketing company that talks about weight loss and workouts, like I've had experience with them before. I love their workouts. Let me join and see if I can make this a, a business. And so last year I spent all of 2018 basically trying network marketing <laughs> the word trying because it just did not work out like it was just I wasn't aligned with
0: it. <laughs> it should be called like not work marketing <laughs> yeah, like it's, it was
1: just, like it was everything I didn't, like I was doing everything that I thought I should be doing. And and I was really just a carbon copy of my upline because that's kind of sometimes what they preach with network marketing is, you know, copy the person who had success above you do everything that they do, like, and then you'll have success. So a year later, I'm in this fucking network marketing company. I've made $900, literally that's it. And I'm like, I'm doing all of the shit. Like I'm doing it all. And my upline's just like, just read more personal development. Like, no, I fucking bought out Amazon at this point. Like I have every personal development book. Like, I'm done. I'm done with this. Like, this is this is horseshit. And so I ended up signing up with a coach, Jen Casey, and getting into one of her programs. Yeah, that was geared towards at the time the network marketing company I was with. And and I worked with her for about eight months where I pretty much failed everything. Like I just I I failed every little thing that I did. Like I left network marketing. I was like, I'm going to be a health and wellness coach just by myself, like Coach Amanda. And so then I decided to launch like dessert courses because I have a dessert background. And so I, I launched like a healthy holiday desserts course. I launched a cookbook. Nothing. Like I think five people, six people bought the dessert course and my dad bought it twice by accident. So technically only four people really bought it. And then... My, just my cookbook, one person bought. That was it. And so at the end of December, I was pretty – I was broke. I was broke as fuck. And so I was like, I can't do this anymore. Like, I can't keep trying and, and, and failing. And, and it's kind of funny. I stumbled upon Lauren and Liz's love, 12 Days of Business.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, like, stumbled upon that and was starting to listen to all these women talk about – the different areas of coaching because at the time I really only thought there was business coaching because yeah. I had only been working with a business coach. I didn't realize there was like sex coaching, health and wellness, mindset, spiritual. And so I started listening to all of these women talk about how they stepped into their power and their life completely changed. And I remember thinking that that's what I need to do right there. I need to do whatever the fuck they're doing. How do I become a coach? And so I spent like the month of December crying over being really, really broke and doing research and being like, maybe I should get my coaching certificate before I show up. Maybe I need to do this. And finally, January 1st of 2019 hit and I'm like, fuck it. I'm doing this. Like, I'm just going to show up and I'm going to see what happens. And and people can love me. People can hate me. People can follow me. People can block me. But I'm just going to show up as me. 100% 100% of the way, and I'm just going to see what the fuck happens. And so I announced to the world that I was a coach on Jan- January 1st of 2019, made my very first sale on February 6th of 2019, which was incredible. It was like three days after my birthday, and I was so excited and just about shit my pants at the exact same time because I was terrified of letting this person down. And then all of a sudden, it was just like, it, it, was that, it took one sale. My dad always said, it takes one. It just takes one. And it was like, it took that one sale and then my business just like catapulted from there. So I hit um, six figures on May 6th. So actually pretty recently. And today I did my hindsight board, which we can talk about, but mm-hmm. I I have made $169,000 in sales in like four and a half
0: months. It's Oh my God. So, okay. That brings the question. So you made one sale and that made all the difference, but like, what's the difference between that one sale and then the one sale of your cookbook, right? Right. And I think it was more, I
1: think it was more of like this one sale one, it was a higher ticket item. So my cookbook was only $25 mm-hmm. and my third course was only $50 and they weren't selling. And this course, this woman, she paid in full for the course that was $400. Mm -hmm. And so I keep thinking like, okay, what's the difference? What, What was it that made this sale just catapult? And I think it was just alignment. I wasn't aligned with what I was doing before. I was doing it because I thought, air quotes, you can't see that, but that's air quotes. I thought that's what I should be doing because I had the culinary background. I was like, this is my safety net. Everyone knows me for pastries. This will sell like hotcakes. And I put it out and it wasn't selling. And I could, I know it wasn't selling because it was the energy I was putting behind it. I was just like, I, I in a way wanted it to fail because I didn't want to do it. Like even after I did the dessert videos, I was burnt out. Have you ever done videos of you cooking? So a normal, like pastry may take like 30 minutes when you tape it it takes like three hours. Oh my God. Oh my God. And then on top of that video editing on top of that, the sound quality, it was just like, I did it. I pushed it out for December at the beginning of December, late November. And I was just like, this is terrible. I never want to do this again. And I didn't, I didn't do a a cooking video after that. Like I knocked out 20 cooking videos Mm -hmm. in two weeks and burnt myself out from it. And so it was like I, I never really wanted it to succeed. And I think the difference between that one sale and the sale of when I was a coach was when I was a coach, I wanted it to work. Mm-hmm. I wanted it to work. I put the energy behind it. and It was more of, oh, my God, this is going to be huge in the best way possible. This is going to lead to bigger, better things. And I think the difference between being in alignment with something I really wanted and being not in alignment with something I thought I wanted, but I really didn't.
0: Right. It's like what what you think you should do because you think it'd be easy versus what really makes you excited. Right.
1: Oh my God. Yes. Totally.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I get that for sure. Because like, I think starting out, you could have, like, for example, I have two kids. I'm a mom and I, you know, I'm in corporate America still like trying to get out of that and blah, blah, blah. Like I'd much rather, as you know, you get burnt out Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, so it would make sense for me to go, you know, aim towards other people. But you know, that's, it's sort of the same situation, like other people that just to, to talk with parents only, like I'm more open to everybody, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. um, like, not just that little, little niche, even though that niching is important, obviously, and that's a big part of what you teach. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I, I watched your video last week, and I literally I was like, it was on a replay. So Um, I was laughing so hard though, when you were talking about like the niching and like, don't be a dickhead, you know,
1: (laughs) (laughs) I love it because it's like, you know, everyone's like niching is so important and it is, it totally is. And so is finding your ideal client avatar. But that video, I was kind of like, don't let that stop you because so many people, even people, my own clients, I see it. It's like the second they learn it they get paralyzed by it. And I did the same thing the year before. Like when I was with network marketing, I was like, I want a cute little slogan that says like, I help ladies stay in their skinny jeans and bullshit. And I got stuck behind the niche and the ideal client avatar and didn't show up in my business. I didn't, I didn't move. I didn't try. I didn't do anything. And I see it with clients that I have and other people's clients and other people where all of a sudden they're on this like, this huge path forward, right? They're moving, they're moving, they're moving. And then you teach them niching down and they hit a brick wall and it's just like, boom. Like yeah. they just they propel all the way backwards instead of trying to bust through this thing uh. that makes them uncomfortable, this thing that's telling them to do something that they in a way feel like they shouldn't be doing, right? Cause who the right. fuck wants to stop selling to everyone? No one does. right? And so, so many people get paralyzed by it. And that's why like the video the other day I was like, don't let it define you. Don't fucking sit here and and get to this point in your career and be like, oh, well, I'm not me. I don't have a good slogan. Like, fuck it. My slogan was I help – what was it? I help women step out of fear and into their fierceness was my very first one. Mm-hmm. And now it's I help women step out of fear and into six-year sales. It doesn't sound pretty. It's not fluffy. It's not unicorns and rainbows and shitting shamrocks. It's just a fucking line that, like – It's so tripped up over. And some people literally just. It'll change a thousand times as you're, as you're changing and evolving as a coach, like mine changed in six months, people's change in years, people's change. Like they literally reinvent them, their entire brand in years. It's like, don't get so caught up in it and don't let it define you because it's just, it's a line. It's a line on your profile. Y'all going to be fine.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, you had a really good analogy because like, the Republicans don't pander to people who are going to vote for, you know, Democratic candidates. You know what I mean? Like you pick your side, you pick your issues, you pick what you want, what you stand for pretty much and then the rest is out there for someone else to. Yeah. Is- and I always say yeah, too, like, <laughs> just
1: because you say you work with stay at home moms or just because you say you only work with women, doesn't mean you're cutting out every single person. That just means that you, that's your, that it's your zone of genius, your area of expertise, whatever the fuck you want to call it, whatever the hot topic word is for at this moment. But that's what it is. It's just, it's just who you work with. And so it's like, if a guy came up to me and said, Amanda, I love your content. And he wasn't like an Instagram creeper. And he was like, I love your content. I want to like work with you. Can I? sign up for one of your programs of course i would say yes i would never say no you can't or i tend to work with i say single women okay i have a bunch of married women i work with i say my ideal client avatar is what 25 to 35 and i have women who sign up for my courses who are 40s 50s 60s i don't turn anyone down it's just this is my zone of expertise and this is my area i feel comfortable with and i think that's like what you said like everyone Sees it as like, oh my God, I'm going to have to stop selling to everyone, but you can't sell to everyone.
0: Right, right, right. I'm sure glad Forever 21 still allows my 40-year-old ass to shop. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I still go to st- I go to stores like H&M. Who is it? My best friend loves like, what is it? Charlotte Russe, which is like supposed yeah. to be like towards the younger generations. And it's like who cares? No, one, they're not turning. It's not exactly. It's not like the forever 21 is turning away people who are 50 and 60 years old. who want to no. go buy a cute top. Like, no. No, we cater to this, this yeah. generation, but we're open for business for everybody.
0: Yeah. I mean, I didn't get voted most likely to wear my daughter's clothes when she's a teenager for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my cousin's like, you're totally gonna raid her closet when she's like fourteen. I'm like, you better yeah, their
1: clothes are cuter. Like, yeah. Like I feel like once you hit a certain age, it's like you either do business clothes and business clothes for like women in their twenties and thirties is really cute, but the casual stuff is so old maiden sometimes. Yeah. It's just like And then it's like, junior stuff, at least you get the fun patterns, you get the bright Mm -hmm. colors, and I feel like as they get older, the color palettes, it's like one solid color. Or it's just like, it's not as as vibrant as, Mm -hmm. yeah, exactly, as junior (laughs) clothing. Totally.
0: Oh my God. So, okay. Like, that was, so, going back though to the beginning of the year, when you were watching that 12 Days of Business, like, I remember, I watched like about the first half, then my my son's birthday is the 17th and then Christmas and everything. So I went back and watched a few, but the one that really stood out was Melanie and Lair. Like I absolutely, I was like getting chills when she spoke. Cause I was like, this, this chick is like hitting the nail on the head. Right. So who would you say uh, were one of the, like were the standout people that really made a difference in you being able to be like, okay, like this is what I really want to go and do. Melanie and Lair. She was oh, the one. <laughs> I'm not even kidding you. So it was her. I loved
1: Lauren Eliza's as well. And then Jen Casey was my coach at the time. So of course I love Jen Casey, but what I remember listening to Melanie in my car and I was driving home from dog walking and I literally was slow clapping in my car. I was like, holy shit. This is the best thing I've ever heard. Like to the point where I literally messaged her the next day and signed up for her courses. I was, I swear to God, like, I, as soon as I heard her, I was like, this bitch. Like, I want to be like this bitch. How right. do I get to be like her? And so when I became a coach, I literally signed up for Revolution Resolution. That's her January program. That was my first, like, kind of outside of business um, coaching program that I took. And that was, like, I loved the program. It was so high vibe. It was so energy. And, like, she showed me, like, hey, listen, things can be fucking simple. We don't have to overcomplicate it because I, I just- come from. You got to have a website. You got to have sales funnels. You got to have this, you got to have that. And I spent an entire year being paralyzed by that. And Melanie was like, you don't, you just show up, you create this. And like, she's got strategy behind how she does it. She's a multimillionaire. She's doing something that works. Right. So it was like her, her whole speech. I was just like, Oh my God, her. Like her, this is what I want. And I signed up with her courses and, and she's one of my coaches. I have two coaches and she's one of them. And I adore her and everything that she does because it, it showed me that things can be a lot more simple and things can be easy. It doesn't have to be overcomplicated to the point where we get so overwhelmed.
0: Right. Right. I think that is part of the problem. Like you get paralyzed by the over analysis and forget about keeping it simple. And I've been in sales and pharmaceutical sales for 20 years and that's one of the things, like, as a trainer, we always, like, preach to them, you know, like, you don't have to tell, you know, that we call it, what was it, show up and throw up, right? Like, on the doctor. <laughs> but you don't need to know at all. You just need to know, like, a few things really, really well and keep, you know, hammering them. And, and like they say, I guess, with the online it's different you know usually face to face you have to tell somebody something like what seven or nine times for them to finally listen if they're my husband it's like 79 (laughs) possibly and he listens to my podcast and you know I am right Um, Ian you do (laughs) I love that
1: you're like I'm gonna dig you right here right now you know this he's probably not listening anyway so it's
0: cool No, I made this one hypnosis audio, or no, it was like a guided meditation for calling in soulmate clients. And he listened to like the first three minutes, and he was like, "I can't do it. It's your voice that's in my head." No. <laughs> he's like I don't trust you I don't trust this I do oh like Adam
1: my fiance he's not really into the stuff either like mm-hmm. so I'm studying for an LP certification I've got it yeah. yeah so I'm studying for mine and I I finished all I'm doing it online and I finished all the videos and now I need to hypnotize him and I need to record it but mm-hmm. I won't do it because I think it's so funny and I'm too afraid like I don't take myself seriously at all like, so I I know you have to be serious during it and I'm a habitual like inappropriate laugher So like I get nervous or anything I'll start laughing so I'm like oh my god like I've been avoiding doing it because of
0: it. Yeah are you doing it through transform destiny too yep. yep. to We actually we both went in February and did the math did the like the practitioner training. Yep. And uh, I'd love to go back for master packets just being two weeks long. It's kind of hard to get away so from intense. the kids, you know? Yeah. So
1: A couple of my clients, and my, Jen Casey's my coach, and she yeah. went through it as well. And I mean, it's, it's like 10 hour days for two weeks.
0: Yeah, it is. Yeah. And it goes. Quickly, but like, I don't know, being away from our kids, they're so little, so being away for that long is kind of kind of tough. Mm-hmm. But I'll bring a living nanny with me. <laughs> <laughs> there <laughs> you go. We really need to just hypnotize my mom to get on a damn airplane and then <laughs> with us, but I think it's a little more involved than that. But anyway, okay, so I did write down a note though earlier about, okay, so obviously like my company and it's called, um, my makeover your mindset. So it's all about mindset and manifestation, law of attraction. I've always been like obsessed with it ever since I found out about it. And like, you know, you realize that you're manifesting things one way or another, good or bad. Like everything that shows up in your life comes from a thought initially. Mm -hmm. Right. So, um, but that being said, how much, and I think I might have an idea of what your answer is, but I just want to, you know, hear you say it in your special Amanda way. Uh, But how, how much do you think the mindset has played into your success? Like what was different? What is, this is like a two part question because how would you say your mindset differs now than it did a year ago when you were kind of struggling and things weren't really going your way, you know?
1: Yeah. I think mindset's literally everything. And I preach it all the time. I say like, especially with business, people get so wrapped up in business. They're like, I need to know strategy. I need to know strategy. No, you need to learn your mindset. It's 80% mindset, 20% strategy by far. Biggest shift in my entire life was my mindset. A year ago, like I was not in a good place. I like a year ago, my father had been living with us too, because he had lost his job. So I was like helping him pay the bills. And mm-hmm. I was like trying to keep myself afloat. And it was actually this time last year where I was just like, I can't fucking do this anymore. Like I'm, I'm exhausted. I was sitting in this office that I'm in right now. And he came in and his car got repoed overnight. And he's like, have you seen my car? And I'm like, what are you talking about? And he's like, have you seen my car? It's not in the driveway. And I looked at him and he's like, you know, my car got repoed and I burst out crying. Like I was just hysterical. And when my dad's very, he's very conservative and like, he's like, don't cry. I'm going to start crying. Like, blah, blah, blah. Why are you so upset? And I'm just like, this isn't fair. This isn't like at this time I had watched him for months be putting out applications and he's about 56 yeah. closer to that, about 57 and so he was putting out application after application and getting turned down and getting turned down and I watched all of this unfold I watched him literally have no money had to rely on me at the time where I also had no money so we were both falling into debt together and it was just like After that, and I can remember just sitting here crying, I was like, I need to get my fucking shit together. And the first thing I did was I started reading personal development Mm -hmm. and started reading money books in particular, like how to budget, like um, Jen Sincero's You're a Badass at Making Money. I love that book. That was like, I read that book in like two days. I was obsessed with it, Mm -hmm. like figuring out budgeting, figuring out how to just completely shift everything. Because at this point, I was very much in a everything's happening to me. The universe is out to get me, the God, whoever you may believe in, like they're out to get me. I was in a negative headspace in general. And, and it was a complete, like, I don't even recognize that person anymore. Like I, I was just saying, I was like going through my closet, cleaning out all of my clothes from last year. And I got rid of all of them. Cause I'm like, I don't even know the girl who wore those clothes. I don't even know that girl anymore because it's like, I worked so hard on my mindset from like June and July until January. It was like, I didn't even in January, I didn't even recognize the girl I was six months ago. And mindset is huge. It's so unbelievably huge. And I attribute it's like all of my success to mindset.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I agree. You know, like part of what, um, you know, in NLP, the, like the very first thing you learn is the, um, cause and effect like living at cause versus living at effect and it really like for me going through it I started to see like in areas that aren't like where I wanted them to be like I could definitely see where I was at cause Mm -hmm. in an area where I might have been living at effect instead you know and it really is a big difference but I'll tell you for people who I'd say for like the average person who doesn't read personal development or doesn't listen to podcasts or isn't aware, or even open to that. They're like more comfortable staying in that shitty place than, you know, even thinking about getting out of it because the uncomfortableness of getting out of it and being on the other side of the rainbow, right. That they want to see, they don't even want to be there and see it. They're like, no, let me go back to the thunderstorm. You know yeah. what I mean? So it's
1: just kind of like, it's so true. It's it's like growing up, leveling, whatever you want to call it, changing. It's uncomfortable as fuck. It is so uncomfortable and you were thrown what I love to call shit sandwiches where the second you start to try to change all of a sudden shit hits the fan and it can be something very minuscule or it can be something that literally knocks you on your ass to the point where you don't get up and the difference is it's like people who succeed successful people they go through this uncomfortableness and they go through it. They don't they don't like fall back into comfort zone. I call your comfort zone your danger zone because that's exactly what it is. And and they don't fall back into it. They sit in the uncomfortableness and they move forward. They propel themselves forward through it. Because with every major milestone that hit my business in the last whatever, four or five, I think six months at this point, six months, like
0: I can't believe it. It seems like it should be six years, but
1: no. I, I like it literally is like I sat down today, and I was, like, doing my hindsight board, and I was, like, thinking it was quarter three, and I was, like, oh, I only have one quarter left, and Adam turned to me and goes, no, honey, it's quarter two. You just finished quarter two, and I was, like, what? I still have six, like, it just just didn't even dawn on me on the aspect that it was, like, holy shit, this is six months, but... I wouldn't have got here if I didn't get uncomfortable every single day.
0: Yeah. Yeah, totally. You know, and there there is so much that goes back to the fears that we have. And it's, it's like the craziest shit sometimes, but also every, like what I'm starting to realize is like everybody seems to have a lot of the same fears, right? And mm-hmm. so they're very common and it doesn't matter if you're that, um, you know, person from a year ago or the person, you probably still at some level have inklings of the same sorts of fears you had last year they're just at a next next level version of it right you know like they haven't story sure. but people just think like people like you are superhuman and that oh well she's just fine because she doesn't have any problems at all and you're like no she probably it just works better through them right and doesn't <laughs> just take no for an answer and- it's, it's just like I always say to people
1: like fear never disappears no matter what level you're at you just face it like you said in new ways like I for some reason in my head thought when I hit six figures I'm not going to be afraid of anything anymore and like then I hit six figures and I was like no I got a whole lot more to fucking be afraid of like, I have a whole lot more shit that could go wrong at this point and it's like instead of falling from a two-story building now I could possibly fall from an eight-story building so it's like fear never disappears. And, and I'm in fear all the time. I'm in fear every time I try something new, like, um, where my brand is about to launch a YouTube channel and it's about to launch an IGTV channel. And so those things are scary. They're scary for me. And so it's like, even the idea of YouTube, where sometimes, I'm not going to lie, all of the trolls in the entire planet come to YouTube every day and decide to just surf videos and shit on people. So, like, even exposing myself to that type of criticism that I already know is going to come because it's YouTube, it's like, and I'm doing YouTube in a completely different way. Like, we're working on something behind the scenes that isn't, like, your normal YouTube. So now it's kind of like, it's like... Fuck, this is a this is a, a moment that I'm really nervous about, but in the best way possible. And if I wasn't nervous and I wasn't scared, it means it's not worth it, right? right. Like those fears, scared and excitement are the exact same, like they're the same feeling, nervousness and excitement. So it's like when I get when I don't get nervous, I'm like, why am I not nervous? I should be nervous about this. If if, if I'm not nervous, it means I'm not growing, it means I'm not expanding, it means yeah. I'm I'm sitting in my comfort zone.
0: Right. Exactly. You know, I have, I, I definitely, I'd say the same exact thing. i like to tell my friends, you know, um, cause I have one in particular, she's like very prone to anxiety and getting nervous. And I'm like, listen, I get that. But what, what if all of that anxiety was just, you know, excitement for possibilities, you know, excitement for you getting the job that you actually want that you're, you know, getting paid the money you're supposed to be getting paid and it actually working out for once, you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't always have to go. I mean, I had a six figure job. I've been laid off four different times, but I've always been excited about it. Like it's always been scary. Yeah. But I mean, we went to Bali the last time I got laid off yeah. <laughs> Here for like a month, you know, it's all, it's not, everything isn't always doom and gloom. It's always being open to opportunities and you know, like one door closes because another one's opening. So. Yeah. And I love that because
1: I felt the same way. Like when I left corporate America, I was terrified, right? I left my, pastry chef job, my corporate pastry chef job with no prospects at all, nothing. But at the same time, yes, I cried. I cried like a little bitch. Like I was upset. Of course I was. But then afterwards, a few days after I was like, holy shit, this could be something that I needed. Like this could be the thing that like, whatever changes my life launches my like, It completely changes. And it took about two years of afterwards of kind of regaining my feet back and, and kind of become figuring like rediscovering myself and rediscovering how I work outside of corporate America and who I am outside of this identity that I had created for myself, which was the pastry chef in it. And it was a hard two years, but it was beautiful. And, and, and the, the beauty in it came when I started realizing there was beauty in it, rather than looking, like you said, at the doom and gloom, I started looking at it like, okay, well, I failed, whatever it happens. What did I learn from this? How do I continue to move forward? Because for, Failure always propels you forward. It never stops you. It never, it never, it never like hinders you from moving. You do that yourself. You sit here and you say, Okay, I I reached a failure. I can't move. I can't do anything. No. Failure is trying to teach you a lesson. It's trying to get you to move forward in your life. So, so move forward and and move past it rather than allowing it to take you over and and all of a sudden you're like, I suck at everything. No, you don't. You just, it was one little thing. It's a lesson learned and now we move on and you've got this.
0: Right. Totally. Yeah. So in, I guess they, in, in, um, so, like last year in some of those, you know, instances where you had what you considered your failures, right? Or whatever with the last business you had, then what would you say were the biggest lessons you learned that put you where you are right now? Because you seem like a completely different person, like on your lives, like you said, right? I mean, I I didn't never I didn't stalk you that much to get <laughs> like last year's, but <laughs> but from what you went, I think it was like mid March. Like there was one I watched from mid March. And it was like, um, you were talking about how like even what you did the first day and from last year, like the person who shows up on your, you know, live streams is way different. And so what, like, what are the biggest lessons that keep, I don't know, pushing, you know what I'm saying? It might make sense or has my, has my brain been like, no, I think the biggest thing
1: was that like, one, I learned I'm resilient as fuck. And I learned learned that I can take a lot of bullshit and keep moving forward because, and a lot of people say that and my coach will say that to me, she's like, you're one of the most resilient people I know because you did, you failed, you failed in air quotes for eight months straight, but you kept getting up and you kept going and, Mm -hmm. and each of these things I learned, as my dad would always say, you learn how you want to do things and you learn how you don't want to do things. And And last year was a year of me sitting behind a computer, trying to make the most beautiful website, making sure my sales pages look great, like making sure my click funnels were great and not showing up, not showing up on my video, not showing up on posts and just posting to sell. And that all felt dirty to me. It felt icky. And and this year it was the mindset was, I'm just going to show the fuck up without all that stuff. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to show up on a live video and I'm going to speak my truth and we're going to see what the fuck happens. And, and and it was like, even in January, it makes me laugh because I was like, I feel like I was like young Bambi. Like I was like, yay let's try this. Let's see. and like, I even noticed it was kind of funny because around March I started getting really bad. Like I call it content constipation, March and April. I couldn't think of anything to write. I couldn't think of things to talk about on my live videos. So I went back to those old videos in January and February and they had so many views and people were going crazy over them. And I was like, so what's the difference? Why are my videos in March and April not hitting home? And then I realized it was because in March and April, I was focusing so much on selling rather than just getting up and talking about my life and talking about how I'm trying to change and all of the stuff I went through. And so in May, I was like, I'm going back to that shit. So it was almost great to see, like to be able to go back and see that person because there were aspects of that person that I was like, Where'd she go? Like, we're getting too far in the hustle. We're getting too far right. in the sales. Where was this girl who was like, no, I'm just focusing on impact. And because of that, I was able to kind of bring that, that, that part of her back in May mm-hmm. and June and have my two highest months in my business ever because I was able to look at her and mm-hmm. be like, wow, wow. She knew what the fuck she was doing, even though you felt – I didn't feel like I knew what I was doing at the time. Like, I was like, I'm just going to get up the fucking talk and see what happens. And, like, yes. there was there was so much beauty in that, right? And, 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 yeah, and then so in May and June, I was like, I'm switching my messaging back to that. And, mm-hmm. and kind of just, like, it took off again. It was pretty awesome.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, I definitely see that because, you know, it's – um. I mean, I've been in sales for 20 years, but I think it's, it's like completely different when you're in a coaching standpoint, yeah. you know, because you're selling yourself and you're not given the message. Like they give us sales aid, they give us training on what to say and like how to phrase. I mean, we role play at our meetings on how to say that because, you know, the FDA is involved, right? But there's no FDA involved in what I say about myself. Like I don't have a marketing team for me, right? So But I agree with you, like sometimes, and I think for a lot of the listeners too, you know, it can be if you're trying to start your own business and you start analyzing things or like copying, not like fully copying other people, but like, you know, you don't know how to do something or how to like say something. So you start like, oh, well, how did they put this together? And then you become like, a, you're not yourself. It's not authentic. You're just like a carbon copy of somebody else who's they're doing their thing. That's the way they do it. That's the way they talk. But like, you're not, you know, you forget to talk the way you normally talk because you're like guarded, right? Yeah.
1: And it's great too. And I love that you use that example because it's like, when you get to the point that you know, you're doing things right when people start copying you and you stop copying other people. It's like, people say to me all the time, they'll be like, oh, this girl said this and this and you just talked about it. First off, you can't really 100% copy people. Like, it's yeah. like in the coaching world, we all speak differently, we all teach mm-hmm. differently. You and I can teach the same course and we'll teach it two different ways. Like, right. completely different. But I always say to people who are like, once they get to the point where they used to be the copier and now they're the, copy, like they're the person getting copied and they're like, but everyone's copying me. I'm like, yeah, but that means you're inspiring the fuck out of people, right? Yeah. It yeah. means that you are making some impact on that person's life or they're just like, holy shit, she's incredible. I want to be just like her. And I'm like, don't look at it as a negative way. Like, look at it like you're the OG. You're the original gangsta, man. Like, people are starting to copy you. You're starting to do something. You're doing something right. So it's, like, really beautiful because then it shows you how powerful being authentic is. Yeah. copying you because of your authenticity.
0: Right, exactly. Yeah, I totally agree with that. So... Like what, um, how do you decide what programs you're going to offer? Like, obviously you didn't have group coaching programs and one-on-ones and masturbate like all this stuff as a dog walker. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe you might've walked five dogs at once, you know, <laughs> go this way. But, um, you know what I mean? Like obviously in this kind of business or like if people are trying to start their own you know, deal going on, then it sometimes can be hard to know exactly what to go with. I know some coaches are like, pick one or two programs that you like, you know, but you're obviously not doing that. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, yeah. Yeah. So, so, what is the difference for you, and how do you know when you're aligned to something, or when it's time to launch something new, or open up a program, and it's not just out of, let me just do this and let me just do this and see what works, right?
1: Yeah, it's more of like following my intuition. So, the first program I ever launched was a mindset program, and the 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 everyone knows that like I kind of made a name for myself, I guess, when I hit my 15k launch, and a lot of people thought it was my first program, and it, it wasn't. What ended up happening was I created this mindset program. I was totally aligned with it, but it wasn't selling. And mm-hmm. then on February 3rd, which is my birthday, the, the next day I woke up on the 4th and I was sick as a dog. Mm-hmm. And I ended up going into badass business babes. And one woman posted, I want to start my business. How do I start? And like a hundred women just shit all over that, that horrible ladies post. They're like, you need a website. You need sales funnels. You need to hire a business coach. You need to take this program. And I was like, Oh my God, if I was that woman, I would never, ever, ever start an online business. No, so overwhelming. And so I saw that and there was just something inside of me that was like, I need to teach business. I didn't want to be a business coach, which is hysterical. I was like, fuck email marketing. Fuck that. I hate that shit. I'm not teaching that. And so when I saw this, it was like, Whatever divine timing, it was the universe. It was it was gut instinct when I saw that to be like, I want to teach something different. I want to teach something that gets you just implementing and gets you taking action, yeah. and, and just showing up in your business instead of getting overwhelmed. Because that woman probably never ever opened her own business because of the fact that she got overwhelmed. And so, following my intuition, I wrote Badass Bitch Academy and I launched it. I, lo- I wrote it on the fourth, launched it on the sixth. Got my very first sale the sixth. And just literally, it was, I sold my mindset course because of Badass Bitch Academy. And it was just like, it was unique. I wasn't teaching email marketing. I wasn't teaching websites and sales funnels, which all the other business programs I was teaching. I was teaching, listen, I'm going to grow my business organically. And I have been. So let me show you how to do the exact same thing. And and with my other courses, it's just been listening to my intuition and listening to my audience. Because yeah we as coaches can always create programs we want, but that doesn't mean our audience needs them. So like market researching the shit out of my audience, listening to their, their, their confusion, their, their overwhelm. Like I created my be a boss bitch. It just ended on Friday. I created that program because so many of my one-on-one clients were like, I'm disorganized. I don't know how to run my coaching business. Do I have a to-do list? How do I, how do I create a podcast and how do I break it up into chunks? And I was just like, so many people kept saying how disorganized they were. So I'm like, all right, I'm the queen of organization. It's my motherfucking jam. Like I love it. And so my like fiance always jokes. He's like, I live with the queen of organization and I don't do anything. Because he was like writing stuff up last night. But I love it and it's something that I'm very passionate about. So I launched Be a Boss Bitch and sold twenty spots into it like within three days because it was It was a demand that was needed. It wasn't just a program I wanted to write. It was a demand that was needed. So it's a mixture of intuition and it's a mixture of really listening to your people and hearing them say, I struggle with, I've overwhelmed with, I'm trying to do this, but failing. And mm-hmm. those are the courses that you then launch because that's what they're going to need rather than, oh, I want to launch a course about mindset because I love mindset. Well, that's great. But if your people don't want mindset, if your people want money or a relationship, then that's mm-hmm. what you have to cater to Right, or find a different audience.
0: Right. Find a new avatar. Yeah, exactly. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, yeah. Well, so given that what would you say like for the listeners the top three tips for growing organically then because clearly did a lot of people just follow you into your current you know universe no No. oh my god
1: I had no audience
0: okay so like it's only been like six months officially as of today so what what in the world did you do woman oh my god (laughs)
1: When I started coaching, I had no audience. Like I said, I was in network marketing. So a lot of people probably weren't following me because they were sick of me fucking cold messaging the shit out of them. And they were probably sick of me posting like all the shake video and the fucking shit. So I literally, my friends list, I had maybe 800 friends, which were all my friends, family, people I went to college with, people I went to high school with, people in the culinary industry that I knew. So I had zilcho audience, nothing. So I just showed up on live videos. That's the number one step. If you're not online video, like get online video. It's the fastest way to build your audience. Why? Because it gives your audience a perspective inside your world, right? Like we were talking about it right before we jumped on here. Like I have four dogs and two cats and they're crazy as fucking hell. And so people like watching my live videos because they like to see what happens behind the scenes and the yeah. fact that I can still carry on a conversation when I have a dog who's like literally barking their ass off or like someone like a guy delivered my desk the other day and I had to stop the live video. Like literally I left the live video running to go get the desk inside. I think people get to see your personality that way, right? People they are knowing you rather than this person who just write posts. It's like they get to see the body, they get to see your body language, they get to hear the tonality in your voice, they get to see your physiology and that's what attracts people, right? It's like, can say words is all words are only like NLP says words are only seven percent absorbed like consciously like but your 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 whole energy your tonality and your physiology is ninety three percent of what people absorb so yeah. if you have a dynamic personality get your ass on a live video because that's what's gonna sell the shit out of your courses yeah. is getting online video and then I would say the second thing was I grew my Facebook group my closed Facebook group I opened it that's literally how like I don't have a website or anything. So I sell to my close Facebook group and I cultivated relationships with them. And what I mean by that was I didn't just pop in to sell. Like they have their own days that I go live. So I go live every the wall. And then Monday, Wednesday, Fridays, I go live in my group. I do free coaching Friday where I will sip Alive a for an hour to an hour and a half to answer everybody's questions. Like cool. I, I give that to them because that's it's something special to me. So they deserve to be treated. They get flash sales that no one else gets. They get first dibs on programs that I launch and they get first dibs in, on payment plans that I launch. Right. And so I cultivated the relationship with the lady in my group. When I hit a fifteen k launch, I had a hundred people in my Facebook group. That was it. Uh-huh. It was because I knew that Faye was a mother of five and she was a single income family and her husband had been laid off. And I knew that like Mary had two Newfoundlands and she was, um, she had an adopted son with special needs and she has this big, beautiful farm that she wanted to do like yoga retreats and goat yoga, which I thought was incredible because little baby goats are like the cutest thing yeah. to- Like I knew about her. Sarah Howard was this woman who just like literally came out of nowhere. And she's one of my one-on-one clients right now. And she like, she's been with me since the beginning. Like she participated in my free challenge that was like banish the bullshit. And she did the whole thing and she just showed up in a whole new way. And it was like, I knew the people in my group. It wasn't just like, Hey, this is, this is, customer A, I'm just going to sell the shit out of her. No, I cultivated the relationships with them. I engaged with them. I showed up for mm-hmm. them. And then the third thing was I showed up like the money was already there. I showed up like a six-figure earner. It's like how I kind of like get the mentality, right? All right. like Show up like the money is in the bank and the money is in the bank. It's like field of dreams. If you build it, they will come.
0: Totally. So, oh, my God. Yeah. We watched that like right after going to NLP training and we were just like, Oh, my God, because my husband is like, he's really getting into all of it, too, especially listening to me and seeing all my books about manifestation and money mindset and all that stuff, you know. And so it's pretty cool to have, like, a partner that understands and, you know, doesn't think you're, like, a total voodoo whack job. It's
1: great to like... Adam and I, like, I've gone mentally into where, like, even if <laughs> at the beginning when I did live videos, no one showed up for them. No one showed up for them. But I brought the energy, like a 1,000 people were <laughs> in that live video. Okay. Same thing in my group. My group was only 100 people. I treated that group like it was full of tens of thousands of people. Adam and I stopped, we, I always say, we stopped living in a world of if and started living in a world of when. So yes. if is uncertainty, right? So it's like, if I have a 10K launch, if I sell this course, if I make $100,000, We stopped that bullshit. Like, we nipped that in the ass. And I looked at him and I was like, we're no longer saying if, we're saying when. And so now we've created this life because when I hit $500,000, we're going to do this. When I I sell out this program, we're going to do this. Like, it's gone so far that I joke with people that, like, Adam, he's my fiance. He's like a split personality. It's called Retired Adam. And so retired Adam is like a completely different person than normal Adam. So retired Adam, like normal Adam, doesn't like the beach. Retired Adam, he loves the beach. So it's like it's like he's he's so much on the train with me at this point that he like, he'll catch himself almost saying if and he'll stop and he'll be like when and I'm like that's it's mentally you have to get there mentality wise like the money's already in the bank. It already exists, and that helps you stop focusing on sales and focus on impact and people.
0: True. Yeah, absolutely. That's really, really great. I love that. That's so good. Yeah, absolutely. And it's so important to, yeah, like not, like people put up so much resistance and they don't even realize it, and it's just keeping everything from coming to you. And there's so many different ways that that resistance can happen, but like you should, the key is knowing like it's probably going to be there if you're not aware of it. Right. And so you have to be aware and see where you're putting the chokehold on all the good stuff coming to you, you know,
1: for sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it is like these little teeny changes in your verbiage. Like I, I did a, uh, I think it was a live stream about like the three words in money manifestation that you take out, like cheap, broken, poor. Like mm-hmm. never say like you know, like I'm too cheap to do this or I'm too poor. Like your subconscious brain is listening the entire time, you know. So you can't be saying those things and then expect that your subconscious is going to be like, oh, she's joking. Like my yeah. joke is that like your subconscious is like a toddler and it doesn't get sarcasm. You know what I mean? So yeah,
1: that's that's such a good analogy and language. I agree. Language is so key with mindset. Like you have to be certain in what you say, because when you, when you become certain, it's like, you can feel it in your bones, like in every fiber of your being. And like your subconscious can only help you if you're certain, if you're pussyfooting around an idea, if you're wishy-washy, your subconscious is going to be like, I don't understand. Like, like Wait. you said, it, that was the perfect analogy. It's like a kid who doesn't understand sarcasm. Like that's so perfect. Cause it's like, okay does she want this or does she not want this I really don't understand
0: yeah yeah exactly you know and it's um it's and it's also like I always tell my head I'm like yeah your subconscious is also it's like the toddler that with with that's looking at you know our freshly washed sliding glass doors and all it wants to do is just take it back to the comfort zone and put its handprints all over it <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you've got to really sure, you know, like make sure that it doesn't get the handprints to bring it back into that cloudy, like murkiness. You know? Yes. What I mean? So I sometimes, like, I look over, you know, when I notice like little things like that, I'm like, okay, so it's almost like a message from the universe, you know. That's how I take it because I'm like, all right, whoa, whoa, whoa. So, like, forget the angel numbers. Like my my windows need to be washed. So what in my head needs to be washed? <laughs>
1: I love that. I love that so much because like a lot of people too, it's like a lot of people follow angel numbers, but a lot of people don't. And I'm a very like that type of person. I'm like, angel numbers are great, but I don't really follow them. But like signs like that, that's like, that's beautiful. You're like, Oh, I need to work on some shit. That shit's cloudy.
0: (laughs) I'm like, Oh, okay. Let's see. (laughs) Let me go back a little bit. What have I just done? What were like the last five things I did or (laughs) something? So yeah, I'm big on like this sign showing up, but also big because my husband used to always be like, Well, there's triple four, there's triple two. I'm like, so fucking what? Like, what does it mean to you? Like, do you know what it means? Like, is there a meaning behind it? Or is it just like, oh wow, look, there's like, you know, there's a color red over there, you know? Like, what? You know, yesterday morning though, I will say we walked out of this condo to go unload our moving truck. And there was a giant, like, rainbow. And I was like, oh, my God. Okay. That's good. That's a I'm
1: the same way. Like, I take signs from nature more than I do angel numbers. I mean, I know everyone's obsessed with angel numbers, but I'm very, like, if I'm – I remember the other day I was out running in the morning and all of a sudden it was, like – The most perfect breeze came through. Everything had kind of gotten quiet. Like there were no street, there were no cars in the street. And we were running through like a little pathway through a forest. And like you could hear the birds chirping. You could literally see the sun and the moon at the same time. And it was like that right there. I was like, okay, I'm supposed to be doing what I'm doing. I don't know why, but I just felt that like overwhelming sense of, okay, I'm very happy. I'm very excited. I'm very abundant this is yeah. all working out. And it was something like a number is not going to do that to me, but sometimes like I'm a very like connect with nature and be outside because like she's the universe has always got your back and she's always yeah. trying to throw you signs that you may not be paying attention to. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. exactly. Totally. Absolutely. Yeah. And people have always say, yeah, I always say, you know, you've got to pay attention to those signs and not put so much energy onto the ones where you think it's not working out. You yeah. know, if, if something's not working out for you, you just, I like to think of it as it's just not appearing yet. You know what I mean? Like people, I'm trying all this, I'm doing all this and it's not manifesting. I'm like, okay, well there's what part of you believes like it's, there's something bad that's going to happen if it does manifest. Right. Or, Is there anything that, that thinks something bad would happen or like there's any fear behind it actually working out? Like, especially with success, you know, people want to make a fuck ton of money, but there's also, like you said, you got that. Hitting in your stomach when you actually got paid, and you're like, holy shit, what if I let it <laughs> now, right, you know, I mean, yeah. exactly, like, the first time my money course sold, it was like, oh my god, they're actually going to watch it, and I was like, what the fuck am I thinking, yeah. shit, like, I'm not going to sell anything if I'm afraid of, like, what, you know what I mean like Home Depot doesn't say oh hope you like that ladder and it works you <laughs> know yeah. what I mean <laughs> yeah.
1: and it's like it's it, you put yourself in a downward spiral when you do that when you like all of a sudden like i remember i i got it and i was like yes yes and i wanted to celebrate it and i messaged my coach at the time and i was like i feel like if i celebrate it and i and i say it out loud i'm jinxing it like, everything's going to be like, I'm not going to get another sale because I celebrated this. And she's like, well, you stop being fucking crazy. Like, in a polite, like, normal, like, poachy tone. But it was pretty much like, what? And she's like, why do you feel like you're doing this? And I was like, well, we were growing up you're told not to celebrate right you're told not to celebrate because it's bragging it doesn't look good on you blah blah blah, blah. so we end up actually like not celebrating all these little victories so we instantly go to absolute terror it's like it's like the the bipolar opposite rather than celebrate we go to terror and at this point it's like pick focusing on celebrating rather than all of the terror and your life can change dramatically in a short amount of time
0: Ah. I love it. I love it, love it, love it. Yes. So, oh, my God. Oh, shit. I can't believe it's already been an hour. Holy crap. Okay. Oh, I could go on for like a day and a half. But, yeah, I'll just PayPal you the money for it. So, um... Tell everybody, because I don't know if we could even get any better than that last line. Like, that was really awesome. And where can everyone find your fierce-as-fuck self?
1: So, oh, okay. So, like I said, I don't have a website. So, what you can do is you can go to Facebook and you can um, search Fierce-as-fuck tribe. The U is, like, the little star. So, we got to censor it a little bit for our Facebook. But that's my closed Facebook group on Instagram. I'm at Fierce-as-fuck. The word fuck is spelled out. Tribe. And then um, I have a podcast. That's what it's called? It's called Fiercest as Fuck. <laughs> six figures into um, turning fear into six-figure sales, so you can look at that on iTunes or Spotify.
0: Oh, I love it! Like I said, I am so excited to be able to get you on my podcast before <laughs> you completely blow up and become Amanda Francis. <laughs> <laughs>
1: No, I mean, it's, I love doing podcasts, and it's kind of funny because not a lot of people ask me to be on their podcasts, and I'm just like, but I love it, and I like going in other people's groups and talking, too, so and they're like, do you want to be on the podcast? I'm like, yes, I do, please.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Well, I'll have to have you in my group because, like, now that we're getting settled, it's just been – life has been kind of a big shit show, like, for the last couple months because we – my husband literally – and it all goes back to deciding, like you said before, like being certain, because we knew we wanted to move from St. Augustine. We moved from San Diego, actually, like after I got laid off a couple years ago, over to the East Coast. But it just wasn't like, it didn't feel like home. We've been there for like two and a half years. So my parents live there and we've got the kids and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, we came to visit down here in St. Petersburg and absolutely love Like it reminds us of San Diego. It's like total California vibe. And we're like, Oh, and my husband's from South Africa, so it's, like, important for us to find a place that feels like home, you know, at least to him, because he's so far away from his actual. like, it's a different continent, you know, like, that's a long-ass plane ride, you know, sure. um, so anyway, it's been, it was, we were kind of going back and forth a little bit, not going back and forth, I just wasn't committing to the decision, because I was really, like, afraid of like actually committing and having to move and like what do you do with the jobs and blah 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 you know what I mean and this was at the beginning of the year but like right as we were on our way to NLP training actually we were driving up to Atlanta and that was like the minute we made the decision like okay yeah we're doing this like this is happening we're moving and literally by May it was like yeah what is it now it's July 1st but it must have been like just like the first or second week in May like he just Got an interview, got the job, and we were like, oh, okay, well, like, because I can still do my job, you know, from, it's just a short jive, I'm, in, you know, in, and um, I can do it from anywhere, so, anyway, long story short, after making that decision, it's been a whirlwind of like, you know, buying a house. Cause I think that is up leveling in itself, right? Getting a house. They talk about forcing you to go through times that make you want to rip your hair out, you know, cry and shit your pants at the same time. Like that would be the whole closing process. <laughs> and I
1: mean- like you said, it all comes down to just making a decision. Like yeah. you can make a decision to either stay exactly where you are because, you know, it's July 1st and I keep seeing everyone's like, there's six more months left in the year. So if your year is sucked this year, you can make the decision right now to wishwash this year and say, fuck it, I'm just going to wait till 2020. Or you can make the decision to be like, I'm going to show up big, I'm going to show up bold and I'm going to fucking grab the rest of the year by the balls and make it my bitch. And when you do that... When you do that, just like you said, like the universe responds to that shit. She likes decisions. She likes quickness and decisions and. Once you make that decision, you're like, no, we're doing this. She lets everything fall right into place where it's supposed to. Just like your husband, he, like, interviewed. He found a job super quickly. Yeah. It's because he's, like, put out into the universe, this is happening. Like, and we're going to make this happen. And when she hears that and she hears that certainty, yeah, like, I will give you everything you need. Here you go. Because she always yeah. has her back.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. I love it. Yeah. So, um... Well, with this being said, so yeah, I'm revamping everything. So I'm going to definitely have like guest spots, you know. I don't know what it will be, if it's monthly or whatever. So I'll definitely be in touch with you to have you. I love your energy and everything here. Geez, just a giant gem, in my opinion. Well, thank you so much. I guess. I don't know. I don't know Mm -hmm. if I'm allowed to have those. I'm married. So (laughs) you're always allowed to have those. You're always allowed. I'm married, not dead. I mean, come on. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) No, but (laughs) all righty. Well, I will let you go play. Play with your dogs. Go have fun. Go do your work. Go see Abraham Lincoln on a statue. Go to Georgetown. Whatever the kids are doing these days. Whatever
1: the kids are doing. I know it's so dead this week because it's um, Fourth of July week. Yeah. So like no one's working. So Adam's gonna get out of work in like 20 minutes and we're just gonna hang
0: out. It's gonna be a nice yeah, night. Well, yeah, well I um I went to Virginia Tech. So we had a campus up there in Alexandria. And I remember when also in high school, we used to have to go up for Fourth of July and sit on the lawn and spread oh our
1: And it's, I went to the lawn in 2007, right? I was interning down here. I didn't even move here. I was interning in college. We went to the lawn in 2007, did the fireworks, and then the shit show after of trying to get out of that area, it took us hours because we had at the time had lived like me and my ex at the time, we had lived out in like Fair Fat, no, like Dunloring type of area, like Mm -hmm. out there. And so, all the metros were shut down. There were so many people at the ones that were around that we had to walk almost like three miles just to get to a metro that was somewhat close. It was a disaster and I haven't been back since. <laughs> so I'm like, I'll watch it on TV. I'll watch yeah, it on TV. <laughs>
0: yeah like, I'll just put the fireworks on YouTube. Yeah, you exactly. Know. It'll be less hassle. Oh, well, cool. Well, thank you again, Amanda. I love it so much. And, um, y'all can check out the, um, show notes for all the places to find Amanda and follow her and get in on all of her fun everyday trainings and see her dogs running around the backyard. (laughs) Those crazy bitches. (laughs) Thanks, Amanda. Thank you. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Love this episode of the Makeover Your Mindset podcast? Head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It's very much appreciated so more high vibe people like you can find us. Thank you so much, and I'll see you in the next episode.